Cubs up four yeah, nothing. But uh, we got plenty of time to talk baseball. Real it's NBA quick, draft time. What do you got? Real quickly, I was just going to say how bad is the your luck when you take a bunch of hit props for the Cubs and the only Cubs that don't have hits are the ones that you took. Cody Bellinger, Dan, Dansby Swanson, and Christopher Morrell. No one, none of them have hits, and every other player does have hits. It's the Nico Horner and Suzuki show tonight. Yep, and Ian Happ has two hits tonight. How about them Cubs? Three and a half games back. Now's the time to buy in. 4-0, though, and uh, Marcus Stroman, I think he has one strikeout. What a bum. Yeah, but he, but it was another, uh, it was another quality start, which makes it thirteen in a row for my Cy Young, down to twelve to one right now. All right, let's get to the NBA and let's talk right now with one of our favorite guests, John, John Gambardo, who joins us right now. Gambador, he's, Gambadoro. He's been practicing it for literally twenty five minutes. I've been, I've been butchering your name all night. Uh, afternoon host on Arizona Sports ninety eight seven FM out in Phoenix. So, Gambo, me and Trista have been going back and forth. I like this deal for the Suns. She says she hates it. She can't stand Bradley Beal. No, I'm just That's kidding. not true, but I can't stand the deal. <laughs> what are your initial? Th- what were your initial thoughts on the deal when uh, when the news broke? Well, I think you guys should be talking about Corbin Carroll's chances of winning the Rookie of the oh, Year yeah. and the MVP in the same season. Only Fred Lynn and Ichiro have done that. Corbin Carroll for Rookie of the Year and MVP. This kid's special. Yeah, he is. And you guys are on fire. To win the division, yeah. just uh, just leading the Dodgers like it ain't no thing but a chicken wing. But we need to know about your feelings about Beal because it looks good well, on the three-man picture, Gambo. But it's not great for depth and it's not great for the salary cap. Yeah, Trista, I mean, there's no question. I mean, the, the Suns didn't have the depth last year once they – well, they didn't have the depth once they traded Durant for Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, and four first-round picks. So they haven't had depth. Uh, their opportunity to get rid of listen they were going to waive Chris Paul they didn't want him they didn't want Landry Shamit the fact that they turned those two players and a, and a couple second round picks into Bradley Beal is ridiculous I mean it's a steal it's a fleece I mean Washington got nothing in return basically nothing in return for a three time all star who's not even 30 years old yet and almost led the league in scoring a couple of years ago yeah so there's two ways to look at it I mean the Suns just got maybe the best available player they could have gotten to add to Booker and Durant, and they're going to have to fill fill the depth with guys that are on veterans' minimum because they don't have the biannual exception. They're not going to have the mid-level exception. They're over the luxury tax, so they don't have free agency money to spend. I get what you're saying, but this was a no-brainer. I mean, Chris Paul and Landry Shamit for Bradley Beal, I mean, it's a steal for the Suns. Do you wonder if this is a situation like the L.A. Lakers when they rolled out Russell Westbrook? Ella, AD and LeBron and a bunch of guys like Carmelo on vet minimums because it feels like it's just going to be a bunch of vet minimums. They won a championship a couple of years ago with LeBron, AD, and a bunch of guys. It, it's it's a super team. I mean, the NBA doesn't want these super teams. That's why these rules are in place. The Suns are going to be over the apron. They're not going to be able to sign a player off the buyout market. They may have a draft pick drop all the way to the end of the round, even if they're bad. Like, there's a lot of punishment for the Phoenix Suns for putting together a super team, but they're all in. Like they, they traded. For, see, once they traded for Durant, that's why this makes sense. Like once you traded for Durant, okay, you might as well do it. Would you rather rather have Bradley Beal or you know two guys that could average an average 17 minutes a game and aren't that good? Because if they didn't trade for Beal, think about this, Tristan. If they didn't trade for Beal, what's their options? 
Well, I guess you have to kind of say that this is a gap year, right? You got to let CP come off the books or trade him to someone to get the money off and then figure out a way to, you know, get some of the guys back from from Phoenix. You know, obviously they have a bunch of guys to try to re-sign. But hopefully the year after that, when you've got a little cap space, maybe you try to fill things out then. I guess that would be the option is to almost consider this year to be kind of a dead year. Yeah, there's no way they would do that. They traded yeah. for Kevin Durant. Yeah. He's 35 years old. Yeah, man. I get it. You know, there's no way they're going to. They they're in it to win it right now. They didn't. They, their window may have been really short with because of Durant. They traded away all the young players for Durant. They've got to win now, right now. So that's why they made this trade. Their options were simply wave Chris and stretch him out, and that would only cost them three million a year instead of thirty million a year. And then, but that the only thing that does is it creates the non-taxpayer exception of twelve point two million in a biannual. It meant that they could have went and got a couple of players, but they wouldn't. They couldn't go get Cam Johnson. They they couldn't. They still didn't have free agency money to spend. They wouldn't have been able to say, "Hey, let's sign this guy for four years and eighty million. They didn't have that ability, but they would have had the ability to get some depth guys using those mechanisms by waving and stretching Chris, or maybe trading DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, that's actually what I wanted to ask you, Gamble. You think they move on from Aiton, or do you think maybe Frank Vogel could coach him? Ryan, I don't think they move on from Aiton. I re- I'm, I'm going against the grain here. Most people think that they will trade him. I do not think they're going to trade DeAndre Aiton. I think it's 50 cents on the dollar right now. I think if they trade him, they need a center. They open up a huge hole if they do trade him. Um, so I'm going to say I think it's unlikely that they trade DeAndre Aiton this year from the rumblings that I've heard and, you know, the, my sources and the people that I talk to, I think there's a good chance he stays. Most people think they should trade him for two or three play people. I get that because they, they need depth, but I think they're going to keep him, and then I think they're going to just have to hope that a lot of the quality veterans that are going to sign for the minimum are going to want to come here and play with Booker and KD and Beal. How come Monty Williams didn't like DeAndre Ayton and Jay Crowder? What was the story there? He thought Jay was too difficult to, to, to coach. He thought Jay was just too difficult, and he didn't like it. You know, Monty's a good coach, and he's a good player's coach for the players he likes. DeAndre was just always frustrating to him. He never understood, you know, DeAndre, you know, he didn't have the same motor as some other guys. Very talented and skilled, and, you know, I think Monty expected more for him. But centers take a long time to develop. He's a young kid. He's still only 24 years old. Um, but, yeah, Monty did not really get along with D.A. I mean, when D.A. signed his contract extension, he didn't even show up at the signing, which was here in Phoenix. He didn't call the kid mm. and say, hey, congratulations on getting a max extension. I'm so happy for you. None of that happened. And Jay, I mean, the whole the whole thing with Jay was Monty. It wasn't the ownership. It wasn't the GM. It wasn't the players. It was Monty. But he was very difficult and didn't really like coaching him. Yeah, I saw D.A. at Summer League, and he told me, listen, I just want to feel wanted. I want to feel respected. That's kind of what the issue is and why I might end up going to Indiana. Like, How do you think the relationship between Frank and, and D.A. will be? Because the centerpiece of Vogel's systems are always rim-protecting bigs. I think you got to give Vogel every opportunity to get the most out of DeAndre Ayton. I think you got to give him every chance to – See if he could get more out of him that Monty couldn't. Mm-hmm. He's still 24 years old. He was sure. the number one pick. You think they'll get along? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think 
I think they'll get along. I mean, Vogel's a really defensive-minded coach. Sure. Look, they don't need DeAndre Ayton to score. They just need him to grab rebounds and play defense. Was there anybody in that locker room who didn't want to see Monty Williams go? Like, we know about the relationship him and Kevin Durant had. Um, was there anybody that was maybe, like, pissed off with this decision, or was everybody on board? No, I don't think this decision – I mean, I'm, I'm listen, they, they confided in Booker and Durant. Everybody loved Monty. The organization made the decision that they were getting blown out in too many games. They were losing by 20, by 25. I mean, the way the – the Mavericks series ended last year, the way the Denver series ended this year. I mean, you're, the games were over by halftime in their own building. And they just felt that this is, you know, Monty had taken the team as far as he could, that, you know, they needed somebody that can match wits with Mike Malone. And, uh, you know, Monty, you know, Monty's a good coach, but his adjustments were more, you know, player for player. Like, I'm going to take this player out and I'm going to put in Landry Shaman. I'm going to take Torrey Craig out and put in Josh Okogi. His, his adjustments weren't as much on the court when things were happening. So, I think that's why they figured they at this point they Monty could only take them so far. They need somebody that could make the proper adjustments in game to help them when they're struggling. I mean, there were there were there were seventeen nothing runs that Denver had in which the Suns didn't even call a timeout to stop the bleeding. Yeah, obviously they still have to put together this roster, but we know it's going to be Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Bradley Beal. So if they're able to stay healthy, they bring in some vets on the minimum or some role players. Where do you think they finish in the West? Because you have some up-and-coming teams like the Kings, and we thought the Grizzlies, the Nuggets don't seem to be going anywhere, and then the Clippers can't stay healthy. But if they were able to, they'd be tough. Where would you put them in the West right now, as is? I think Denver still has to be on top, Ryan. I think because of their depth. I think because of Aaron Gordon and because of KCP and Porter and to, to support the two stars in Jokic and Murray. I think the Clippers are real dangerous if those two guys are healthy, but that's a huge if. If they're not, they're going to have to blow that thing up. I mean, the Suns are, no matter what happens, the Suns are a top-four team in the West, whether they're two or three or four. I mean, I think it depends on what, what else they do with the roster. I think it's too early to determine that. But there's nothing that they do that are going to push them out of the top four. And Beal, Beal makes them you know better, but I – I just don't think that they're better than Denver yet, but I do want to wait and see what they're able to do with the vet free agents that they bring in. Yeah, I'm curious because if they have soft tissue injuries, Gambo, like they have before, I think Bradley Beal missed 40 games last year. KD missed a ton. D, uh, Devin Booker missed a ton. It'd be very tough with a bunch of guys on veteran minimums to stay in the top six. I am curious, though. Chris Paul went on uh, Good Morning America, and he made it very clear. I don't know why he said it, why he felt the need to say it, but he made sure to let everyone know that he thinks Isaiah Thomas is running things. Yeah. Uh, you've been That's with so the – Yeah, you've been around <laughs> Arizona a long, long time. You've dealt with Robert Sarver, like is Isaiah Thomas sort of the the shadow government of the Phoenix Suns right now? Absolutely not. And I'm sad for Chris. I'm sad that Chris feels that he has to go out this way and 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 have a little bitter feelings about it. James Jones was the is the general manager of this team. He was the point man. He orchestrated the trade. Isaiah Thomas is friends with the owner Matt Ishbia. He's a confidant. He's a guy that matches bounce ideas off of. He doesn't have any prominent role with the organization. He's not making any decisions. He's not calling teams and making trades or suggesting trades. He is there as a soundboard for Matt. I mean, that's, you know, if Matt says, hey, you know, what, what do you think of Bradley Beal? Well, I don't understand what's wrong with that, why people think that that could be wrong. I mean, if he goes to Tom Izzo and says, hey, what do you think of Bradley Beal's game? I mean, these are guys he knows and trusts, and there's no reason why he shouldn't be able to use those guys as a soundboard. But for anybody to think that Isaiah Thomas – is acting as a quasi-GM or assistant GM. It's absurd. It's just absurd. It's not true, and it didn't happen. Matter of fact, when they went to go meet with Bradley Beal, 
It was Bartlestein. It was Vogel. It was James Jones. It was Matt Ispia. Isaiah Thomas didn't go to meet Bradley Beal. He wasn't included on that plane trip. So it, it's, it, I find it just so funny and actually sad that Chris feels the need to kind of like, you know, say, oh, it's Isaiah Thomas that wanted me out. No, the Suns organization didn't want to bring him back. It didn't have anything to do with Isaiah Thomas. John, we got about two minutes only. Uh, I got to switch it up to football just for one quick question because I'm fascinated by this. So Arizona this year, the win total is five and a half. Kyler's not going to start the season healthy. Let's say they're bad enough. And I think I've asked you this before, but I want to see where you're at now. Two, three wins. They get the number one overall pick and Caleb Williams is sitting there or Drake May is sitting there. What do you think they would do? Because they just committed to Kyler, but those are can't miss quarterback prospects. What, what do you think well, would that's happen? Why, that's why that's why the Cardinals are going to be fascinating to watch this year. Yeah. Two things. How well does Kyler Murray play in the games he plays? If he plays in 10 games and he plays great, well, then you, you could probably trade that pick for a, for a boatload of other picks in future first-round picks. If he plays awful, then you're going to feel a need to take May or Caleb Williams and try to move on from Kyler Murray. If he's mediocre, then you're still you're going to draft the quarterback and you're going to try to trade him. I really think, Ryan, it all comes down to how does Kyler Murray play in the games he's played. They they don't know what they have yet in him. I think it's to be determined, right? Is yeah. he is he, is he a franchise quarterback? They paid him like a franchise quarterback, but we've seen many teams get off of those type of players in the in the past. So I I think they can get off of them. Um, but the best scenario for them is that he plays well because then they still that it's easier to trade if they want to draft Caleb Williams or Drake May. Or if they want to keep him, it's easier to keep him and trade the pick. So the best scenario for the Cardinals is that he plays well. But if he plays well, you might not end up with the number one overall pick. Right. It's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't. John, thanks so much, man. John Gambadoro, 27 you. years driving. Sports Talk Radio out in Arizona. Good luck to the Cardinals. Good luck to your sons. This year. I'll be I'll be rooting for you guys, even if Trist is not, John. I'm not not right, rooting. Ryan. I like the Suns. I'm just saying they're a soft tissue injury away, Ryan, from being the Lakers with Ross. Thanks, Gambo. All right, you guys take care. Bye-bye. 98.7 FM out in Phoenix.